Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi, Leon. Hi, Andrea. <laughs> so, with a sound and a movement, tell me how you're feeling. I didn't do a movement. I mean, I guess the act of, of what you just did is technically yeah, a lips. movement. And then as I was doing it, I remembered a few episodes ago when you were like, huh, you must do something quite lippy. Yeah, I was literally just going to say, say that. that. We th- can't I think it's because it we had lunch. We always eat we and always then do a podcast. Then, yeah. So I don't know if that's good or not, but mm. it is what it is. True. Mm. Andrea. Yes. In a sound and movement, mm-hmm. how do you feel? For those of you that aren't watching YouTube, Andrea sort of cupped her hair and made a sort of... Well, you heard the sound, but as if your hair was crunchy or your brain was fried. My, my hair is a little bit crunchy today. Yeah. I put a little bit of different stuff in it. And look, it's an ongoing struggle, my hair. I mean, me um, too. <laughs> for very different reasons. <laughs> for those of you who don't get the joke, check out YouTube <laughs> or my website, leontroman.com. I mean, .co.uk. Not uh, yeah. Yeah, um, and I get that. So I've got a thing about people touching my hair. It's a very big thing. Um, but um, and because you said it was crunchy, I desperately wanted to touch it. And I, I was know. Like, I'm not going to do this. But on it's the not. It's not actually crunchy today. I just I can really feel the curls in it, and wow. that sometimes I don't know. I don't it know where like that was going. Sounds like an interesting thing. It it was. It was. You can feel the curls. Uh, yeah, because sometimes it's just frizzy, and you just feel frizz. But I can actually feel like. The coil. The coil. Of the, the coils. The coil of the... Co- I got a word for you. My mom the other day was just like, um, <laughs> oh, she's like, these people are causing me so much ajna. And I was like, mom, I was like, I feel like that's not your word. <laughs> um, have you heard of that word? Ajna. Ajna. Yeah. No. I know. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know what word that is, mom, but I don't think that's a word that... I, do, I don't know. What does it mean? It's like... Uh, uh, it, I just have a feeling that goes with it. It's just like, ugh, um, pain. Mm. It's just, it's, but you know, it's like annoying pain. It's like, ugh, wow. like the people are getting, basically people are getting on your nerves. Sure. Yeah. When you said it, I thought she'd mispronounce angina. Like <laughs> these people are giving me a heart condition. <laughs> I mean, possibly. Maybe that's where it stemmed from. <laughs> Maybe that's what the root of the word is. And then somebody was just like, instead of angina, it's agina now. I do feel like etymology is not really our thing. <laughs> it's true. And also, like etymology is also a bit questionable in any case, isn't it? Let's be honest. That's very true. So what are we talking about today? That's a good question. That's mm. a very good question. Um, anatomy mm. and physiology, two of my favourite words. Are you doing a little sexy dance? I am. Oh, she's working her anatomy in a physiological way. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Because last ep, we talked about ep, see? So down with the lingo. Um, it did take me a second. I was like, ep, there's an EpiPen? No, 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 not EpiPen. I was like, focus, fudge, focus. Focus. We already just stop focusing so we talked about what is a voice coach what do we do who are we what's mm. the deal and we looked we talked a little bit about breaking it down to three subsections mm. first subsection anatomy and physiology mm-hmm. the sort of workings of what's going on the second one um acting in theater mm-hmm. sort of acting in theater mainly acting it was mainly but acting but it was like theater. the voice in the context of acting Ah, uh, yes. Voice voice and acting mm-hmm. what's the podcast about sure. <laughs> and then the third one as per our tagline, 
um, voice and communication. Mm. So this is the follow-up episode to that ep. Mm. Inter- interspersing <laughs> it with working on me. lingo. Um, so this one's anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What's the deal with anatomy, huh? Oh my gosh, so 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 much anatomy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Anatomy scared me a bit. Yeah. When I went into, um, especially when I went into um, to Mavs, I was kind of like, <sighs> I was an English major. I was a linguistic major. I purposely did not go into science because I was like. Do not want to touch the squishy bits. I see no, but I love the the squi- Like I liked looking love the at the. Bit. I love the squishy bits. I dissected, dissected a frog when I was like in middle school. Oh. Yeah, it was really cool. And I we did a baby shark, that. which I think is illegal now. Baby because, shark. Yeah, yeah. Baby shark. No, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> everyone listening, really sorry. Um, but yeah, like, and yeah. I, I so I like looking at it. And we looked at like the the heart and how the gills work and all that kind of stuff. Oh. But um, but I think there was something really daunting about looking at it in humans. And I don't know. I think I, I, I think there's like there's like, um, you know what it is? I think it takes time for that information to really sink in with mm. me. I think I can learn it um, and then being and being be like this, this and this. But it's actually only been since I've been like teaching like full time. that I've gone. Oh, wow. Wait, <laughs> Of course, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that's really of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I was always, I always really liked biology anyway. I quite Nerd. like science anyway. Nerd. <laughs> um, I do, I quite like, I quite like biology. I've always quite liked biology. In fact, if I hadn't been an act, well, before I wanted to, before I actually made the sensible decision and decided to go to drama school, mm. such as that's a sensible decision, mm-hmm. um, I had been investigating uh Becoming a veterinary scientist wow. and doing equine veterinary surgery and things, <gasps> which was going to be really cool and work with horses in my life. And then, and then I realised I'm really terrible at maths, um, which for the Americans or North Americans, math nah. is when you do one sum. Maths oh. is when you do more than one sum. That's an arbitrary rule that I made up recently. Um, but um, but I'm sticking. I to was it. definitely gonna. I was like, oh my god, he's gonna tell me what the difference is between math and maths. No, and then no, you just you just. Happen. I mean, we we're like mathematics. Yeah, so and we we're just, just do maths. Math. So you're like mathematic. So what is it one one sum? No, it is still mathematics. Yeah. We just we just leave out the s because like we, ju- we, need we just it. we just stay with it being a plural thing. Yeah. And to be fair, it is plural because there's more than one theory of mathematics, isn't there? It's like... I mean, seriously. Yeah. You've just cracked the American lexicon. (laughs) Um, Strike three. So, yeah. So, we... I was really into that. And actually, if I... And then I decided, oh, I don't think I want to do that. I'm going to go to drama school. And then I was like, ooh, how about genetics? Love a bit of genetics. Very interesting. Um, For any of the geneticists out there. I like Mendel's graph. That's the only thing I remember from genetics. (laughs) Is Mendel's chart. Is Is it Mendel? Who does the um? It, it's it's the it's the chart with the square. Oh, Mendel one in four square. chance. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that is my literally my only genetics joke. <laughs> like I'm, on the rare occasion that I meet a geneticist, I'm like, huh, look at the, there's a one in four chance I was going to meet you. And they're like, <laughs> that's so yeah, funny. <laughs> um. <laughs> so anatomy was your thing and that's what I really enjoyed mm. and I, for some reason it just makes sense to me I mm. kind of just remember all the bits mm. um, and uh, lovely Gemma Bowden 
Mm. Um, when she was studying for her soft tissue specialism thing that she also does on the side. Um, she was learning all the anatomy and physiology of the body, mm-hmm. uh, muscularly, mainly. Uh, although she does nerves and stuff as well. It's very interesting. <gasps> uh, she was talking about the fact that the way that muscles are named mm-hmm. is from origin point to insertion yes. point. Right. And the insertion point moves towards the origin point mm-hmm. on contraction. Mm-hmm. So most of those muscles are named origin to insertion. Mm. So cricothyroid right. or thyroarytenoid or whatever so it's the most stable structure mm. where it originates to the least stable structure in the relationship um so you always know oh okay so it's there to there mm. it literally tells you in the name mm. brilliant it's very like I, I i find that most anatomy is very practical yeah. <laughs> like and even the way that the um the larynx operates is quite you I mean when you think about it and you go, oh yeah, yeah, I do do that. I think it's, there's a part of my brain that always wants to make things more complicated than it ever really <laughs> needs to be. Um, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So anatomy is the stuff that you got. Right. It's the stuff that's in there mm. and out there. That's all around. There's just stuff in your body, right? It's all the bits. What's the physiology? So the physiology is the movements. Mm. So it's a bit of how those how those bits of anatomy move. So muscles contract and relax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cartilages often stay still or they are manipulated by muscles. Mm. Um, bones also manipulated by muscles. Mm. You've got ligaments and things which tend to sort of hold things relatively well in place. Love a ligament. But it's a little bit like, so like a joint mm. um, could be like the hinge for example, and there are different types of joints, but you've got like a hinge on a door, for example. But the bolt that goes through it might be considered to be, you know, a ligament because it holds the whole thing together. And then you moving the door is the physiology of making it move open and closed. I want you to teach me anatomy. <laughs> I love teaching anatomy. It's one of my favourites. I'm just going to sit here with you every Sunday yeah, just and be like, Leon, like, tell me a story. <laughs> tell me a story the about the muscle. And so... um. Yeah, so the anatomy is what you've got and the physiology is how you move it. Right. So why is that important? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it important? Well, I, can think, I think it really is important. Mm. I think it's, it's really vital. And I, but, I mean, it sort of comes down to the question of what, how much do you need to know about that mm-hmm. if you are a voice whatever. user? So if you're a voice user, mm-hmm. I mean, how much did we ever learn as children about how our voices work in order to be able to speak? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, you kind of heard the term voice box, maybe. I heard voice chords. That was my first thing. Vocal chords, and voice chords. Yeah. Yeah, in opera camp. In I opera w- camp. Because I went to opera Nerd. camp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's like there's that there's um, there's the need to know almost nothing if mm. you're going to just use your voice. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you are going to use your voice in a way that earns you money. A professional context. A professional voice user context. Mm. I would have thought, or I would always suggest that you know a little. Mm. Um, If you are going to do some sort of elite performance, um, like being on in the West End, or being an opera singer, or um, being a professional actor and speaking eight shows a week and doing that sort of stuff, you probably should know quite a bit. Mm. Um, 
And then I think the next stage after that is being a coach mm. that you should know as much as you possibly can. At least that's how I feel about my knowledge on it. Mm-hmm. How can I know as much as I possibly can? And that changes on a monthly basis mm. because people discover things and then you're like, oh no, I thought it was this and it's not. It's something kind of similar but not quite the same and you just have to sort of reframe things on a regular basis Mm. sometimes it's not because the anatomy is different it's because the physiology is different Mm. and we understand that actually the joint that we thought was a joint is not a joint it's more of a sort of i don't know like a relationship and you're kind of cousin to it it's a cousin (laughs) (laughs) we thought it was siblings and other cousins (laughs) i'm like you know what i mean it's kind of things change and shift and it doesn't mean that what was before was wrong it just means that we've now added another layer of understanding to it right so as a coach, you sort of know quite a lot. And then beyond that, you then sort of, I think, move into the terms of therapists and surgeons and doctors and or doctors and surgeons and that sort of stuff. Where you're going to need to know increasingly large yeah. amounts about the really specifics of whatever it is you specialise in. Yeah. Um, but what we know about anatomy, especially of the voice, is that we know that anatomy um, has an effect on the sound that you create. And the physiological movement of some of the bits of anatomy means that you can create different sounds. Right. Well, yeah, because that's how sounds work, isn't it? Pretty much. I mean, you moving your tongue in your mouth and bring it into contact with parts of your, you know, what they're called? Ah. Articulators. Articulators, but immovable articulators. Stationary articulators. Yes, the static ones. Static articulators. That that they don't move but you bring your tongue to them and then you articulate something and the distance between the roof of your mouth and the highest point of your tongue creates a different vowel sound right so we know that even just on a vowel sound or a sort of articulatory level Mm -hmm. or yeah level that 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 there is there is definitely movement happening right whether or not you're conscious of that is a sort of secondary or even tertiary thing yeah yeah I'm always, um, I think I tend to start, I, I tend to start with vowels and consonants because it's something that everyone uses and mm. every language has vowels and has consonants that I am aware of. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have yet to meet a student who's come from a language that doesn't have vowels or consonants. Um, but I think that's an easier way to talk about it because then it's something that they can experiment with. Mm-hmm. Um, and And then kind of moving from that into something that might be like, resonance and changing um changing the path that the vibrations go through to get to the other side Ooh, i know get to the other side <laughs> so because i always thought it's it's like it's transition. a journey isn't it it's a journey from here out there out into the world out into the yeah. world yeah um and what it and what it meets upon that journey will determine um the out it's it, it's 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 in a way, it's quite mathematical in the sense that there's an input and there's an output, right? Mm. So there's something that happens, and then along that way, if something else happens, the output will be different, right? Yeah. So if you shape the vibrations in a certain way, yeah. then it will come out as a different output. And I think that's important for them to at least understand. Yeah. And, and like in a really linear sense, yeah. if, we, if we remain linear for a second, and voice is not linear, but we'll... Mm. We'll Just deal with for that sake. for a second. <laughs> um, but if we think about it in a linear sense, that we look at the phoneticians mm. or the acousticians' um, model of voice production, which is power, source, filter. Right. So the power is the thing that 
um, that that fuels the system, mm. um, which in voice is breath, and then the source is the connection that true vocal cords make with each other, and then the filter is anything north of or superior to mm. the true vocal folds, the, the the top edge of the true vocal folds. And any way that you change the filter mm. between the trio vocal folds, as I said, trio vocal folds, and the end of the tract, so whether that's the end of your nostril, or whether that's the the the, the, the tips of your lips, the edges of your lips, um, whatever you do on that journey, as you said, on the path out, um, that's going to filter the sound in a different way. So you're changing the harmonic structure, you're changing the which bits are more audible or less audible. It doesn't mean the sound's not created. Right. It just means that you've filtered it in a different way. Right. Much like if you make a coffee. Yeah. And you put a filter paper in, or it has a metal filter, or whatever it is, or gauze of some description, that it allows the water to come through once it's been infused with delicious coffee. Um, I really want coffee. I really want coffee too. <laughs> but it holds back the grounds. It holds back the... You know, it holds back the, 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 the ground up coffee. Right. So it stops you from, not always quite as efficiently as you might like, but, um, you know, it, 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 it filters it. So it lets some things through and mm. it stops other things from coming through. Right. In the same way that gels over a light uh, that we use in theatre will let some of the um, light spectrum through mm-hmm. and therefore that's the colour that you see because it's predominantly just that and it only allows that wavelength to come through versus others. So if it's red, it's on one end of the scale and if it's violet, it's on the other. Mm. So we have this like spectrum with everything mm. and it um, it kind of, it, it you can mess around with it as and when you want. Yeah. Especially with voice. Yeah. And I, and and especially for, for first years, that's kind of all I, that, like in terms of like, hmm. um, a way to look at the voice, um, which I feel like we'll do another podcast on methodology, method, and and technique, and all that, yeah, and we'll what that, that is. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, but uh, but just as a way to look at something, mm. um, I put it in those terms um, because I think at eighteen, nineteen, that's kind of all <laughs> my ink, and studying on like a, a drama course that is uh, mm. that is what your brain can can handle <laughs> and often we had this discussion earlier that yeah that you know maybe that's a really scary thing doing lots of anatomy mm. and, and how do you how do you how do you decipher what to do with it and oh my god panic right yeah and then we were talking about that and i said well how about being a doctor we you spend the first right, year yeah. or being a therapist or being someone who works clinically or mm. medically you spend pretty much the first year of your training dissecting a cadaver mm. looking through gray's anatomy and reciting you know you know you know head bones connected to the neck bone etc probably more sophisticated than that but you know what i mean yeah i just had an image of doctors just sitting in a room going head bones connected to <laughs> <laughs> and it was like i don't know why um that's week one i'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> You'll now have but, yeah. a singing class. <laughs> um, because really, I always thought that I wanted to be a doctor too at one point, but then I realized I just really liked watching Grey's Anatomy, which is not the same thing. Oh, that's so not, yeah, yeah. I heard that with ER a bit, right? Where you just like I'd like to live with George Clooney, but sure, that's exactly yeah. what it was. And I was like, no, no, well, I just no, like what it looks I mean, like on TV, because sure. um, <laughs> everything looks better on television. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and I think he, what you said before, as we were talking, we talk a lot. We do talk a lot. Um, uh, about the configuring the voice to achieve certain 
what did I write? Um, to to achieve to to achieve certain styles um in genres and different contexts, um so that the so that knowing the anatomy as a voice coach, um can help you to. I don't want to use the word manipulate because there's something negative about the word manipulate, but configure mm. um, to configure the voice in such a way to get the desired outcome or an outcome that is more desirable to the context in which you're working in. Yeah, and to the aesthetic of the people that Correct. want it. Yes. So whether that's the director or the producer or the actor or you. Mm. Um, and obviously working in... I mean, I say obviously, not obviously, but it is clear to us um, <laughs> that working in a rehearsal room, right? Um, as a voice coach, it we don't have the final say, right? Yeah, and nor should we. That's not our responsibility. Our mm. job is to facilitate, right? So, turning to the director and saying, "What would you like?" Yeah, and in con- in conjunction with the discussion with the actor and the director, what, what actor? What would you like to do, director? Is that what you want? great let's go away and work and then our job is to decipher a means of getting that person from the place they are currently to the place they need to be yeah for the purposes of the and i think there's something quite uh, i mean there's something really tricky i I think um, we'll talk about this when we get to acting and in theater in a voice context Mm. but i think there's something really tricky about when somebody says that they want a certain sound um, do you know? Because oftentimes, the like whether it's a director, a producer, whoever it is that is dictating it, does not have the same terminology that a voice coach mm. would have, and so there is a bit of, um, and this comes back almost to like a communication and linguistics thing, and mm. there is a bit of translation that is involved. Absolutely. And if you have, I think, a very clear understanding of. Um, of sound in terms of what is happening both acoustically and what is happening um, uh, anatomically um, to produce that sound, then it could be easier in your brain to go click, click, oh, it's this, 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 or this. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then translate that to um, mm. in actor speech with the actor yep. um, and in their conversation. So you're almost like a translator in some sense. Always translating. Translate constantly translating. Cons- Con- <laughs> Conslantically. Conslantically <laughs> translating. Conslantically making up language. <laughs> it's a great new well, word. Well, um, we do have ludic forms of language, so oh, I know what's a ludic that form of language. That is my favorite thing. So way back, <laughs> way back in the day, I took um a, a linguistic anthropology course. Um, I know with one of the oh, I love this man, um and. Uh, I still remember his name, but I don't want to say it in, in public in case, in case he's like, well, I never said that. Um, but um, um, I, I, I got re- I did really well in the class because I love this person so much. Sure. Um, and we talk about different um, that was, what that was year nine English for me. But there was a different oh, reason for that. Oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> um, but there is this thing where uh, we were talking about what's the difference between um, uh, uh, forms of communication that we find in animals and forms of communication that we find in humans um, and what is, why is that a language and why is why are some forms of animal communication just codes and not hmm. language um, and one of the things is that humans have ludic forms of language in which we can make up words and make up grammar yeah. constructions right that um, that still communicate what we need to communicate with um, uh, 
but not done so in a standard or normal way. So children do this a lot. You've seen like eight-year-olds who have their own secret language with each mm-hmm. other. It's just my favorite thing. Um, and just like create silly words with one another and yep. it's all cute and beautiful. Um, but that tends to be quite unique to humans. To human beings. Yeah. There are cons landing. It's gone now. Don't know. King's Landing. Um, um, so yeah, so there's 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 all of that to sort of consider with um, translating what's going on in a rehearsal room mm. and trying to then not just translate it in a way that the actor makes sense of it. So because you're not a mediator, right? Or we're not mediators. It's more about actually deciphering what it is that the director wants, deciphering what the actor wants, working out where the actor is now and how to get them to that place, mm-hmm. so that then you can be a servant to two masters mm. which is tricky even at the best of times oh yeah so it's a com- it's a convoluted and complicated sort of relationship but yeah. the, mo- the clearer you are or the clearer you can be about what somebody is doing right that is connected to for me I, I work quite physiologically mm-hmm. um, often uh, especially when it comes to I need them to make this sound or be louder or quieter or more this or more that and it's kind of they're doing it i can see them acting it but mm-hmm. they're not it doesn't sound like that I'm like, mm. okay so i know that certain sounds equal certain physiological movements right so therefore i'll give somebody a really specific exercise to make that exercise to make that physiological movement happen right. to engage some muscles and make them feel the effort that's working in that particular place and then we'll sew it back into the technique of doing that scene. And how do you, can you feel that moment, you know, place it in that thought, add an extra kind of dimension to right. the way you take that breath or the way that you move that thing or whatever it might be. Can you technically and artistically and um, with nuance work mm. that into the thing that you're doing? Yeah. And then hopefully we sort of have an outcome that is what we wanted. And if it's not, it's, quite easy well quite easy quite quick to change because you only did one tiny thing yeah yeah and I think that I mean I think that comes down to to to, to process which I think we'll talk about at some other point um mm. and there being a process especially in coaching mm. because the process of coaching and the process of teaching are very very different totally because different. um because you know sometimes in teaching you might not see <laughs> um an outcome for quite a bit of time mm-hmm. but um uh, but in coaching, it almost has to be immediate because they've got things to do either that mm. day, that next hour, that next in in the next five minutes. Yeah. It has to be done. Um, but there's something in that some people do work physiologically and then some people work um, not physiologically, um, but working. So if there if there's if there's a thought um, thought breath phonation process working from the thought and breath into the phonation as mm-hmm. opposed to working from the phonation um, and then and then and then linking the phonation back to the the thought and the breath that makes sense yeah it's and it's the same sort of thing as saying that voice is linear in the same way that acting is not linear either right that there is a there is a sort of dynamic equilibrium there is a kind of movement between both sides of that relationship mm. um whether or not you know i mean i in rehearsals over the last few months and um looked at another a fellow actor and just went am i giving you enough and they were like uh, 
yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Am I giving you enough? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think it's good. Do you like it? Director, do we like this scene? Yeah, we do. Okay. I think we're doing fine then. Great. You know, like it's kind of, am I doing enough for you on an energetic level? And so if I'm not and it's lacking, then you've got nothing to respond to. Mm. And then what you have to do is play your objective harder or play your action more strongly or change your action so it is a stronger um, elicitation of something happening in the other person if you, you know, subscribe to the notion of actioning. Um, or whatever, or just playing the intention, and so that then you elicit something from the other actor that is more profound or more excitable or whatever it might be, but there is a larger response, um, so that then they have something to work from and work against and, and, and work with. So with that, it's kind of, in voice terms, it's kind of not dissimilar, because you right. actually, there is a backflow effect as well as an upflow effect, and there's all sorts of other things that are going on, and working out and negotiating those things with a really clear idea of what the anatomy is mm. and how the physiology affects the sound mm. that then whether or not you start with anatomy or whether you start with the sound mm. it kind of doesn't matter as long as you join the dots mm. um and it's different for each person because i know there are some mm. actors who are um who are like tell me tell me what tell me what is happening first or tell me what like mm. what's happening anatomically wise because they have that knowledge and they would like to know mm. um and some people are really great with that and is like well um i feel like you're doing this um and in order to make the sound that we want last or to make it have this effect or to add this thing, we just need this to happen. Mm. And they'll go boom, boom, boom. Okay, and how do we make that happen? You give them the exercise, boom, and they're great. Some people, um, you you have to work in the opposite direction because mm-hmm. they're just like, nah, I don't really know. Anatomy freaks me out. Physiological stuff freaks me out. Just <laughs> give me something to do and make it happen yeah. kind of thing. And I will do the thing and I will practice it and then it will happen. Yeah. So like you, um, because people are different, and actors are people and so you know you're always coaching yeah Yeah, i know that is like i think that's that's a whole nother (laughs) actors are people too too. um great so leon yeah what did you learn what did i learn i learned that i can make up words yes what was the word ludic ludic forms of language ludic forms of language that is generally what i've learned today lovely i will add that to my list of things that andrea has said to me that i have to read up on which grows every time we talk which is several times a week so this is getting a really long list um yeah loved it that's what i've learned and realized today andrea what have you realized and learned today um actors are people (laughs) but you know what i mean i knew actors are people but i think that last thing that i um i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I say I learned, the thing that I said was great. <laughs> I realized that it came out that way. I didn't mean it to come out that way. Um, but just that, um, um, because I once had a very amazing teacher who once told me that as many people as there are on, are on the planet, that's as many ways as there are teaching. Mm-hmm. Because everyone learns in uh, a different way. And some people only like to learn in one way. And some people only like to teach in one way. And mm. it's about balancing mm. that. Um, and I think in terms of anatomy and, um, and physiology, that's the exact same way. Even though there's some things that I'm not as comfortable with, that might be my student's strong point. Mm. Um, or whoever I'm coaching, that might be their strong point. So I have to up my game in order to come and meet them at that point. Um, so, yeah, just like as there are a variety of people um, and there's a variety of people in terms of the knowledge that they bring to whatever it is that we're doing um 
so there is a variety of ways of teaching and a variety of ways of interacting with anat interacting I think is a big thing interacting with anatomy and physio um, and physiology in a way to get what you need from whoever you're working with. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at can you hear pod or on instagram at can you hear me podcast or you can search for us on facebook and on youtube or email us at can you hear me at the back at gmail.com you can find me leon on twitter at leon trayman or me andrea at andrea fudge on twitter please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our patreon site the link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, okay. love you, bye!